0: Hello and welcome to the 89th episode of Indie Radio, a weekly podcast in which you chat with the creative minds involved with the creation of indie games. I'm Brett Hudson. And I'm Ian Jones. Today, we spoke with Robert Hubert and Brian Howard from Agog Entertainment about their in alpha title, Brutal Grounds, a game described as Marble Madness meets Unreal Tournament. Our guests talk about the difficulties in trying to make the game balance for all players, how AIs and hacking influence the development process and the overall experience they hope to provide to players.
1: So uh, my name is Bobby. Um, I'm the, I guess I'm the dev director for Brutal Grounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been working on it for about a year and a half. And I'll let Brian talk a little bit about maybe some of the background of how it got started.
2: Uh, Yeah, so uh, I'm Brian Howard, and I'm from Canada. I'm primarily a web developer, so I haven't really um, launched a title before, um, but I kind of grew up doing a lot of uh, modding and stuff for like Unreal Tournament, Doom, Quake, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just I started this project probably, I think it's been over two years ago, but I was just kind of doing it on my own, just testing out. Well, actually, I started with Unity. Um, Boo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Unity was all right. The one thing that made me switch over to Unreal, though, was actually the... Uh, I just found like Unity's networking uh, stuff wasn't all there. Um, mm-hmm. So I switched over to Unreal. And yeah, I mean, like we used to play... So Bob and I and, and the other guys, uh, we used to play games all the time uh, back in the day and uh, so we're all just online buddies. Uh, oh, except for that, I, mean, I do have, um, one of our team members is my close
1: friend. But uh... he, Brian was working on for, like, yeah, like he said, probably started around, you know, two, two, two years ago or so, but then about a year and a half ago, um, my brother and him kind of got together online and started talking about just, you know, projects they've been working on and stuff, and we're sharing projects back and forth, and, It turns out my brother was working on a similar type of game at the same time. And they're both like, What? (laughs) We need to just get together on this and actually uh, combine forces. And so that's when Brian got uh, my brother and I on board. And I forget who, uh, I know you were working with, you know, now we have uh, Mike and Trevor. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I think they, they started around the same time as us or before us. I'm not exactly sure.
2: Yeah, so I was working on my own uh, for quite a while, uh, and then I started getting in touch with Mike again, and uh, he was just, you know, he had a lot of spare time, and uh, he's like, yo, we should make a game together. And I'm like, sure, I'm working on one right now if you want to help out. Um, so, he, uh, yeah, he, so he started helping out, but then he kind of, you know, he was really busy at the time, and so... Um, by the time Bob and I and Peter uh, grouped up, I was just back to working on it by myself. Um, but then Mike came back. He's a he likes to bounce
1: around, busy guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool to come together. Everybody, I mean, because there's there's two of us in Los Angeles, and then the other three are in Canada, um, and then we picked up our our musician the the one who's doing all the composition stuff for the game. And he's doing, like, so much more than we even thought we were going to get. And, um, like, he has all these really cool, like, kill streak sound effect stuff that you'll hear in there. But you have to be kind of good at the game to hear it because you have to get, like, <laughs> 10 kills in a row or something. You have to be up there. Um, but, yeah, we met him. Um, actually, I met the, the musician for the last Mortal Kombat game. He was at this like indie function at the last uh, E three event, and we kind of snuck into that event. One of our friends like had a booth there, and he's like, "Just go there, and when you get to the door, tell me you don't have tickets, but give me your email address and like say that you should have tickets." <laughs> so we did that, <laughs> and we got in there. We're like wandering around, like, "Yeah, okay," and um, we were just talking to all the people. And at that time, we were just kind of like trying to get an idea of of uh, you know who we might be able to get join to our team or like how other people kind of built their team around you know certain uh certain members and stuff and um we met him and i was telling him about brutal grounds and like the different themes and kind of like how the game is put together and you're you know you fight in all these different arenas that are based on different like um you know imaginary places or whatever so there'd be a lot of like musical freedom and you can kind of do whatever you want um was like dude that sounds really awesome but i've pretty busy now with having done mortal Kombat, and i was like what because i was just looking at him doing this like indie game and i was like you just did mortal Kombat?" (laughs) i was like okay uh and then you know didn't really think much of it later but i messaged him on facebook and stuff i was like hey like you know it's great meeting you if you know anybody that you think might work out for the for our game like let us know and then he introduced us to rory and like rory's stuff is just so it's it's so perfectly fitting it's it, it was awesome to get him on board um, but yeah, we've just, all, all six of us now have just been going pretty hard at it for about a year, About half a year was kind of like getting our feet wet and organizing and stuff and, and just playing the game and being like, yeah, this is cool. And then we got pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I definitely started off as something like I didn't have planned ever finishing it. It was just kind of like me messing around, uh, just on my spare time and. Yeah, I guess it wasn't really until like after we were we had been working together for a few months that I think we were all like, "Oh wait, we actually have something here! Like this is a a playable game now, <laughs> and people want to play it." And uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting how it turned into that.
1: Yeah, watching it unfold from kind of like, a, I mean, it's it's still a passion project. I mean, mind you, we all have day jobs. So that kind of blows. But uh, I think a lot of our motivation now has been, like, you know, from seeing it turn into something that's, like, you know, pretty legit, even in its early stages still, um, has really lit that fire for us trying to, like, you know, find funding. And now we've been applying to all sorts of different publishers, and we have our pitch deck put together, and we, you know, we we applied to uh, the Epic Mega Grant. And that was, like, huge undertaking, so that was really fun. It was a lot of work, but, but mm-hmm. it was fun. Um, so now we're just, you know, now I think a lot of our focus is getting the game to a state where, like, it's more, I think we're focusing on having it be, you know, obviously more stable, but having it be more and more presentable, so that as we go into situations where we might be able to get, like, a you know, a face-to-face or do a pitch deck or, um, you know, uh, some kind of, like, digital event or something, we can, people see it in a light that looks good, because there was a a long while where there was like, you know, I think the last time you guys played it, there there probably hasn't been too many changes, but there was a while where when you died, you just kind of died and you didn't really know. Or when the game ended, you kind of didn't really know. (laughs) Um, There was no like stat screen or anything. It was just like instantly the next, you know, the next game or whatever. Um, We've been gradually making it a little bit more and more like the flow
2: yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, like laying the, the groundwork, uh, especially like with all the netcode and and stuff like that. I um, love it's been a, a learning experience as well. So it's, uh, you know, we're not experts on that, or at least I'm not. Um, but it seems to be working. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're a super expert. Well, I
3: guess when it
2: comes to the the netcode and stuff like that, it's quite transferable from some of the work I was doing. Um, Uh, Some of the web stuff, so uh, any you know, like you know, real timey sort of front end stuff is you know you can kind of transfer those skills over to uh, game development. Yeah. But now you know, now I'm working on so there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things happening right now that are kind of under the scenes um, or behind the scenes. So like one thing we're working on is matchmaking, and like Mm. that's a whole like this. The more I work on it, the more I realize I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be as much work as the game itself. Um, but Marty got my toes in it, so might as well keep going. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it's been crazy learning about that. Thank god I don't have to actually do anything.
0: <laughs> what is Brutal Grounds to somebody who's never heard of the game?
1: Yeah, um, so it's a top down uh, online team game where you play as balls. With weapons and abilities, and uh, you roll around on strategically designed maps. And there's a diff- bunch of different game modes. There's capture the flag, king of the hill. Um, it's kind of like control point. Um, there is team deathmatch, uh, kind of solo deathmatch, and another number of other modes that we're working on now. But um, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of like if you took. Doom and put in a top-down perspective. Combine it with Rocket League and uh, just made it about shooting balls. There you go.
3: Anything to add there, Brian? <laughs> I
2: was gonna. I was gonna. You mentioned Rocket League, and and it's not that the game is really based on that at all. It's it's uh, the thing that we like about Rocket League is the, yeah. uh, the simplicity of it, but also very complex in the different tactics and stuff. Uh, so that's kind of. Our philosophy is is like when you come into the game, you kind of you should already know what it is you need to do. You know, you need to blow the other balls up, and then you know maybe capture the flag or whatever. But to get good at the game is where like all the interesting things can happen. There's so many different combinations of abilities and uh, weapons that you yeah, can Yeah, now do.
1: there's two hundred of the addition of the last. Um, oh yeah! Wow. Teleporter. Yeah, now there's two hundred combinations. It was pretty cool. Man. Yeah, but like what Brian was saying is that, uh, like you mentioned, Rocket League, or I mentioned Rocket League, is is that we wanted to be more like a sport, as opposed to like you know Overwatch. You have all these different heroes. Everybody's got like a you know a specific play style that they like. You can still play with a specific play style in our game, but the idea isn't that like any particular character or hero, which there are none of in our game, has any kind of you know advantage. Um, right off the bat like nobody's flying or doing something special that any other player can do so you can always in the middle of the game you know swap your loadout pick up a weapon off the ground or you know when you respawn change your entire loadout and counter anybody else on the map um without you know really kind of like destroying your team mechanic there's once you get you know into like the real nitty-gritty of the game obviously there's a lot of like team play that goes into account but you know you can play like really up close with like rocket, uh, with a uh, with rocket launcher and shield and dash or something, or you know a melee weapon like knives. Or you can be like a really far away player, like a sniper that has extended range, um, and you can teleport all around the map while you know having you know mortars dropping all over everywhere. Um, so there's a huge variability of, of ways you can play, but the the core concept of the game is that everybody's got the same starting kind of mechanics to play with. So. It's kind of like soccer, or like any other sport that you play with balls, right? There's, like, the actual, like, physics limiting effects of what you can really do with the game. But then there's all of, like, the meta stuff that you can do within that and how people kind of learn how to, like, you know, use gunside mechanics or how they can use, you know, specific abilities to, like, break into a base or, you know, then stuff like spawn control. Like, if you know, you know, a certain player is going to respawn at this point in the map, like, how do you get your team... To kind of clear, or, or kind of like force spawns on a whole different side of the map, so that you can like clear a space for your flagger to, to come home or something. So it's fun, man. It's cool, and there's not a lot to learn. There's just play the game, and like you know, we wanted people to be able to jump into the game right away, as opposed to like sit there and figure out, okay, how does this player work? Or like you know, that was my mm-hmm. big uh, inhibitor for when I when I started playing Overwatch. There's all these heroes that seem so complex, like. Like, I'm never gonna play Genji. <laughs> Forget it. I'm not gonna play him. You know, yeah. t- and then I hated other characters so much because I felt they were like so unfair until I learned them. But it took me like a year to like ease into different players, and then finally I started to like them. Which you know maybe that's good. Maybe a lot of people like you know doing it that way. But in our case, we wanted to keep it really simple at the at the onset, but then make kind of the skill ceiling pretty high so that as you learn you know each map. Where all the spawn points are, kind of those team strategies when when people come together and play, um, that's really where the game like shines, I think. But so like Trevor, Trevor
2: is working on on bots and stuff, and oh, wow. know, originally we weren't we weren't wanting to do that. We were just going to go, let's just make it pure multiplayer. Um, yeah, but yeah, and now we're like actually. The the bots have actually made testing a lot easier um, because you can actually test a lot of uh, stuff locally that kind of, you know, you you kind of need multiple players to test them, um, Mm -hmm. and the bots have, like, really sped things up. uh, We've got to get it
1: so that we can add bots while we're playing now. Yeah. They're they're fun just to shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: they're really fun for shooting.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're pretty dumb right now, though. They, uh... I mean, it, the the hard part is going to be probably, uh, like, the abilities and, you know, having them actually dashing around and teleporting yeah, and yeah,
1: stuff. Yeah. Having them play like a player is going to be tricky. We have a couple ideas, but it'll be a lot of, like, kind of testing and iterating and and seeing what, you know, so that they're not just, like, so they don't feel as bot Because mm-hmm. some of the bottom-down games are so crazy good, it's insane. I like... I don't understand how they make, you know, even, like, in Overwatch, like, you know, obviously it's not too hard to kill bots and stuff in Overwatch, but, like, they actually play together and, like, engage in, like, specific plays and stuff, and it's really crazy to watch that and go, okay, uh, (laughs) how the hell do they do that? Yeah. Try and figure out, like, okay, our game is, like, a little more simple than that, but it's still, like, I'm I'm sure they they have a crazy team working on that.
3: It's just...
0: Yeah, I I... I haven't seen, or, well, I've seen it, but I I haven't yet, like, conceptualized it in my own head from the the few play sessions that I've had uh, with you, you know, really the the team mechanic. Just yesterday, I started figuring out, like, how to even really play the game without just getting killed all the time.
1: It's Um, tough when playing against us, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ian and I were like, oh, he... We need to play against somebody that aren't the devs, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we should. We really should host like a non a non dev session where you know obviously we'll be in there, but I think more or less like like coaching players a little bit, saying, oh hey, yeah, like this is kind of you know maybe we have like a a three v three or four before, but then there's like a spectator on each team that's a dev that can kind of like fly around the map and be like, okay, here you see like they all spawned over here, like you guys should you know stay at base, wait till the flight returns, and then like you know. Kind of like real time coaching or something, but yeah, when you're in separate comms and you can't hear, because we always play like just an open mics, right? So everybody's hearing everybody's calls, mm-hmm. and it's like really fun because you're like, hey, don't say that, like be quiet, like I'm not going left side, you know. But when you're on separate comms, even for us, like it just like a like a switch flips and you just go ultra competitive, and the game uh-huh. becomes like a whole new game. And because it's dead silent on the other side, so you have no idea what they're planning if they're talking or maybe they're just digging around. I don't know, but. When you guys are like really strategizing, like okay, I'm gonna be on defense. You go. Okay, I'm gonna teleport. All right, this you're gonna. I'm gonna pass the flag over to you. Like all right, cool. But when you get these plays going, it really turns into a different game. So we should do a a session like that where the devs kind of step back and let let you guys kind of go to town.
0: Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it reminds me. Uh, Ian reminded me yesterday. Uh, you remember
3: Indicate? Uh, I remember at IndieCade when we first tried it there was, you just had a bunch of people coming in yeah, yeah. who were like seeing the game for the first time, yeah. playing it it was a very different experience uh, kind of learning it alongside a bunch of other people who were also like, how does this all work? I don't know the game." Right, right. yeah. yeah. versus yeah. playing against the developers and being like, like, oh god, first time in like a year almost, okay yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, how does the, the top, top, top of- the okay nightmare <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was still it was a lot of fun, and there's definitely just improvement even in the one session I could see. But um, yeah, yeah it's, like cool. you guys had like cool. strategies and stuff. I, I noticed with the, uh, the team ones especially, like with uh, I think we were doing like capture the flag, and someone left the flag instead of returning it mm-hmm. and just set a mine right on it. Yeah, <laughs> and I accidentally returned it, and I immediately heard like a "why," <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> Why would just you like reject Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, oh wait, a okay, I see what happened there.
1: It's all like um... you know that you learn, like, hey, if, if somebody <laughs> accidentally drops a flag like even further away, like don't return it because it's gonna be harder for them to get, or right. you know, just mine stuff in the middle of the game so they can't touch it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, no, no,
2: no, returning the flag is is a very common thing because you know, like you'll know that the enemy is in your base, and it, so if you return the flag, they're just going to get a yeah, flag. immediately,
3: yes, yeah. Yeah,
2: they'll steamroll you. Um, yeah. And it's kind of fun to, like, bait them, right? So you get them to come towards the flag to kind of pick it up, and then you then you return it. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, you get them from behind with, you know, one of your buddies, but uh,
1: yeah, no, I, I love, this. like, CTF is a lot of... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, we got some more maps in the works too, so you'll see those start Ooh. to pop in there. What yeah. what type
0: of theme are are these new maps?
1: Well, we haven't we don't have, see that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. No, um, we've been working on getting an artist, so we've hmm. we hired a concept artist, and we haven't actually I don't think we've actually posted any of the concept art yet. But the idea is that once the game's released, it'll probably release with with four or so. Uh, we call them, like, location themes. Okay. And that's basically, like, uh, kind of like how Overwatch or any other game really. There's, like, different locations you can play different game modes in. But each map, you know, is kind of, like, built out of that theme. But mm-hmm. it, it'll be, like, a different map, right? So that's kind of the idea is that we'll have these different themes. And one could be, like, temple ruins. One's, like, the, you know, future Egypt style that we have now. Um, I think another one that we're thinking about is, like, a, kind of, like, a, um, like a lava... Like rocky kind of theme, um, mm-hmm. and some other, so maybe like a jungle theme or something. But basically, the maps that we built out of those themes, and that's kind of the reason why a lot of the the way the maps look is like very modular. So that once we actually design all these pieces, then a map editor will have all those stuff in there, and anybody can just go in and like pop all these things together and make like a whole new, really cool themed map with all these neat little like ele- uh, environmental you know details and stuff like little pots or plants or whatever. Um, but yeah, we have a really cool, uh, it's kind of like a Mayan temple-ish theme, but it's more, it's kind of like a alien-y Mayan temple-y theme. So maybe we'll post some, um, maybe yeah, we'll post we're, that, uh, that concept art soon. Yeah, we, we, we
2: knew like we wanted it to be, um, sort of like a jungle kind of ruins theme, but it was quite loose. And so the artist had a lot of freedom, um. So this new theme is this sort of, like, temple that's kind of, like, floating in the sky, and there's, like, a mist coming through.
1: And It's uh, super cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> now we have to share it, because we're talking about it. Yeah, we definitely have to Are about it, and you can't even see it?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Just I,
1: like, <laughs> I,
2: I
0: think there were two images of it in the press page you sent over. Oh,
1: um, yeah, true. Yeah, it is in there. So you guys have those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, i pretty sure. I remember
0: looking at it going, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the game will look like. Yeah, so all, like, yeah, we do have,
2: a, like, an a Egypt sort of desert theme right now, but that's not, like, those are all placeholder art. So, like, we will have that theme, but it's going to look uh, a lot more crisp. And uh, and also, one, one issue that we have right now is that, or at least I find this as is an issue, where mm-hmm. the... Ground is like the contrast between the ground and the walls. in My opinion is like not enough. So I find I find like I get lost sometimes. Like yeah, yeah. Around the walls.
1: I think I'll kind of agree. Like the ground should be much more simple and and, and basic and stuff, and that way you can see you know all the particles and everything kind of pop out really nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of readability passes. I think you know we'll be making actually pretty. We've been talking about doing it. You know sooner than later especially like when you're carrying the flag, some people have a hard time because the flag has some glowing to it. So you're carrying the blue flag as a red player and maybe the skin you've designed is a little purpley. And so there's a lot of stuff we need to tighten up there as far as, you know, restricting some of the team colors a little bit more um, and, uh, and making the flag, you know, maybe not like glow onto the ball and do something, mm-hmm. like, a little ring around the player. So, you know what team they're on or a little bit more of an indication of, you know, who you're trying to kill.
0: Sports, yeah. Yeah.
1: You, know? you want to know who you're trying to kill? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yesterday, I one of my own players picked up the red flag. I was on blue team, and I tried shooting them because I saw a little red halo around them, and I was like, "Oh no, that's that's my player." Yeah. Yep. But thankfully, there's no friendly fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, we never really thought about having friendly fire. I don't think.
2: I think. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be
1: kind of fun to to have
2: it at least as an option for for custom servers.
1: There's was another game I was watching. Um, oh, it was just just now at GDC. One of the the pitches. I forget the name of the game, but one of the devs they're working on a game, and as they build out their online, I don't know if they're doing true matchmaking or just like you know finding a game that has people in it. <laughs> um, but they have a funnel, and you know if there's not enough players, it just has bots automatically. But I guess they were pretty happy with how the bots were working. I was, thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. If, maybe we'll get to that point where. You can just start a game, and if there's, like, you know, you need one more person, it just throws a bot in there after the game starts or something.
3: Yeah, yeah it's definitely.
1: be hard, hard to balance that. I don't know. It'd be interesting. <laughs> Especially with our game, the dynamics are...
2: Yeah, but a we, of, can have, we can yeah, have fun. I, uh, I always thought it was really fun, like, actually, one of my... Some of my favorite gaming memories is uh, playing Unreal Tournament online with my brothers against... Bots and we put like twenty bots in the other oh, team yeah, yeah. It'd just be like three of us like <laughs> taking them all on. I'm like, this is so fun.
1: <laughs> we would do that with uh with Perfect Dark and <laughs> get like all the meat sims. I love that's how, like, hilarious. Is that yeah? I think Perfect Dark had the the meat sims and EC sim or whatever it was, and they would run around like chickens with their heads cut off.
0: I'm not i I'm not familiar with this game.
1: game. Oh man, I mean you know like uh, GoldenEye right? double seven yeah. for N sixty four, yeah. It's pretty much like like perfect dark just took um, Goldeneye and was like, all right, we're gonna make it like more of like a, a darker version of a versus type mm. of game. And so they even like cloned a lot of the, the levels and a lot <laughs> of the guns. I don't know how they got away with it really, because there's so many similarities that when you play one back to back, you're like, what the heck? This is this level? Like this this map? Like how did <laughs> they do that? But there was just so many more weapons and so many more multiplayer maps and like it it was really built to play like, you know, 4v4 like in your living room with your buddies and stuff. It was really cool. Huh.
2: Yeah.
1: So go get that game. All right. <laughs> Put that on your N64.
2: <laughs> local multiplayer would be would be interesting to add to our game.
0: I know that you're working on controller support, so doing it that way. Do you mean local on one device or local via LAN?
2: Yeah, local on one device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have LAN support already. Um oh, okay. but yeah, one device would be interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know oh, how yeah. work, but you split screen, man. Get that split <laughs> screen going. Ah! Don't look at my screen, bro. Yeah, I mean that, there's so much you can do with kind of like the foundation we've built for this game that we have a hard time sometimes like really reining in on the on the specific like MVP of the game that we know we want to roll out with and then we talk to people and they're like, Oh yeah, have you thought about this? And we're like, Oh don't put that into our heads <laughs> <So> yeah. <great. laughs> yeah there's so many cool things that you could do and that's what we're really excited about too is like you know once the game is out there and we start to kind of see the reception um, kind of doing stuff like you know adding new maps every once in a while like you know the idea of maybe and this is all hypothetical but like the idea of doing like a season based thing where we have different types of like arcade you know quote-unquote arcade Modes where it's just like some cool mode that we came up with, and we're like, dude, this is really great. Obviously, you can't play competitive mode with mm. this weird, you know, whatever, like big balls mode or something. Keep uh, <laughs> throwing that around. It would be so funny to do big balls mode. Uh, oh my God. But um, yeah, different arcade modes that kind of come in and come out of uh, availability and stuff, and add different maps and put different things in a rotation. Um, it's just so easy to do it kind of with the the groundwork we've done. And that's a big push, and that's what, you know, these guys have been spending so much time developing is, like, making the game, you know, modular enough in a way that, like, if we want to add a weapon. It's, like, just a couple variables. And then if you want to change something or add a new ability, it's, like, a couple variables. Um, Love that. getting a, a level editor out into people's hands, and that's going to be a lot of work. But that's one of our kind of stretch goals is to get... A, a true level editor out there so that people can go and make their own maps and stuff and put things out there that they want to do and then let other people play them because I mean the stuff that fans do and the stuff that, that players can do is so much more inventive than a lot of times what developers do so a big opportunity is missed when you don't engage the you know, the player base in a way like that
2: Yeah I mean I, I agree like I, I came from uh, a modding background so that's I, I, I loved that about Doom and Unreal. Like they would just shit the the editors with those games and.
3: I, I mean that's the, how
2: some of the stuff that people made. Like um.
3: A lot of um
2: like red uh, sorry have you heard of Red Faction or not sorry not Red Faction, Red Orchestra. It's like uh it's a. I heard the name game. but I don't. It's uh, World War Two, and uh but it was a total convert it was originally a total conversion mod for Unreal Tournament but it's like this world war 2 like massive game like kind of like battlefield in a way mm-hmm. um it's just amazing like what people will do like
1: there's a there's a tools. video of the evolution of red faction So watch that later no
2: not not uh, sorry yeah it's not red faction it's uh, red orchestra oh. oh yeah that's right let me darn it okay <laughs>
0: So many red games. You got Faction yeah. Orchestra, Dead Redemption.
2: Is there evolution? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point eh? Actually, Red Faction was a good one though. The... That cool. I was sold the... on the little clip
1: I watched just now.
2: Oh, it's the destructible environments were amazing. Like you can blow up. Well, actually, I got a lot of history on that game too. <laughs> so that's one of my <laughs> early games I grew up with with my brother. We. I'm, I'm not too proud of this moment, but it's hilarious. We figure out how to hack the game. It was actually really <laughs> easy. Um, everything was client-sided. So you could just oh. modify a, a config value, and you just join a server, and now your rocket launcher can, like, blow up the entire map. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. That That moment when you realize that you have that power and get to play with it and be like, How destructive can I be? Is so much fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And the game right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we pissed a lot of people off, that's for sure. But then there was, like, the community would actually host servers that were, like, you just show up with your hacks, and that was the whole point of it. (laughs) But the thing is, like, some of these guys were, like, using hacks that were, like, would make you invincible. And you're like, this is not even that fun. Like, I like the ones where you had, like, a machine gun rocket launcher, and... Because uh, in that game was like fully destructible, mm-hmm. um, and so like oh, there would cool. be a, there would be a bridge, there would be a capture the flag, and there'd be a bridge, uh, joining <laughs> both
1: bases. Shoot the bridge! Yeah, you, <laughs> you just blow the bridge up, and they can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And then, I was just saying, I remember back in the day we would play some games, and I think Brian, even you and I, were playing some of these games where it was, you would, somebody would be hacking, and you'd know, and then the whole game would pretty much turn into just like, just crap on the hacker all the time so like oh, yeah. it doesn't even matter if they're on like the same team as you like your whole goal is to just make them feel like despite their best efforts of hacking like they still suck
0: having yeah, yeah, yeah. none of that
1: yeah oh, get out of
2: well, here that's, that's actually one thing that we're keeping in mind when we work on the game is the uh typical hacks that someone would use in this type of game mm-hmm. so like you know we, we so we got the mini map um And so like one thing that people could do is reveal like where every enemy is on the minimap, because they would, you know, their client would be receiving all the locations. And so the trick will be, we're not doing this right now, but the trick will eventually be, uh, where you only send, uh, so that the server would figure out where your client is and then what Mm -hmm. you should be seeing and then only send that information. Um, that's actually what uh, Valorant does, which is they did a whole blog post on it. It's really neat, uh, really cool. Theirs is a lot more complicated because it's a FPS game. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like in an FPS game, it, it could be all I see is your head, and so it still has to send that information. Yeah, um, we don't have to do that. No, we don't have to do that. Let's we see. just got balls. Yep. <laughs> Top down perspective makes it easy. Yeah. Well, not easy, but. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit less we have to consider. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's like one of the most common hacks. though, is, is like mini map hacks or wall hacks, and but then, uh, and then there's the aim botting, which is going to be a battle. We're right. still trying to figure out what we're going to do with that, if anything. What is it? Oh, well, like aim hacking. Oh, so aim hacking. Like, aimbotting, yeah, like, fighting that is going to be tough. Um, I think, ultimately, we're probably just going to have, like, a, like, the start. We're going to have, like, a report this player. Um, and we might have, like, a replay system as well so that we can go in and like, verify, like, actually have a human go in and verify. Yeah, it'll be pretty
1: easy to verify that kind of stuff, at least visually, if we do replays, because, because it, I guess... It makes it easier for us because of the top down perspective if you see somebody's crosshair just snapping back and forth lightning speed it's totally impossible to do that i mean mm-hmm. you can you can get lucky once in a while like with a sniper and like get some flit shots off but it's it's i think the difference between having it be auto aimer or having it be a human doing it is is pretty obvious mm-hmm. but in some, yeah, some with, people are really good though that's the problem oh, man <laughs> with, with the with the, uh, with the fusion rifle i think it's so deadly yeah, mm-hmm. But if something's popping off, yeah, it was... That's how do you know? That's
2: a good point, though. Actually, see, I want to have
1: OpenAI's bot player game. Ever... That would just stop playing. Be like, it's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on anymore. I don't know. That would be cool, though, to get OpenAI to, to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brian, do <laughs> you want to talk about kind of some of the... Future proofing and, and and stuff that we're trying to do with with dedicated servers and and some of the right. customization stuff that we're working on. Yeah.
2: So so one thing is uh, yeah we're gonna have a dedicated server that the community can download and, and host themselves. Um, and that'll and so there there will be like a server browser you know just like when you played old school games um, because I I find that's quite important. Like, yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to add uh, matchmaking and all that, but in the end, matchmaking is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if the game were to ever... I'm not that... <laughs> I sound a little defeatist here, but, like, if the game were to ever die, uh, it would kind of suck for the, you know, small community that's still playing it. So mm-hmm. by having dedicated server tools there, um, the game should theoretically live forever, as long as the master server is up. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's to me. That's always quite important. I find like a lot of games don't do that these days, and it's uh, kind of a pain.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of effort on the developers' part to take that into consideration. You know, when you're trying it to be scrappy, especially for real, really indie developers who are you know still working their day jobs and have to do this. It, that's a huge lift to kind of add that to your MVP. Right, when you're just trying to get the game out in the first place, but to build this whole set of tools for the community so that, you know, in the case like, like Brian said, you know, we don't make it, um, the community can still go and do whatever they want. They have the they have the, the dedicated server, they'll have all these customizing tools. So um, part of like how we're making everything compartmentalized is that so not only do we get the benefit of being able to use tools that you know we change a couple variables and we have a whole new weapon set or something all that stuff will be included in, you know, the dedicated service. You'll be able to change it so that machine guns do, you know, 1,000 damage or whatever you want to do. Or like, uh, uh,
2: yeah, definitely expose a lot of uh, config stuff. Yeah. That, you know, you can just edit a, a text file and change a lot of stuff. Um, and then, you know, pair that with uh, custom levels and things like that. It could be really fun.
1: Oh, it's going to get crazy. I can't wait for that stuff to happen. Because you're going to jump into your own game and be like, what am I playing? <laughs> yeah, I thought I made this game. I have no idea what's happening. Well, like I was saying last night, I'm
2: like, I want, I want to make a game mode where every weapon is like a dual weapon, but we already
1: have dual weapons. <laughs> then you just strap so shooting... shooting out the back. <laughs> quad shooting weapons, yeah, quad weapons. <laughs> yeah. Maybe those just do more damage. I don't know. Yeah, mm. that's kind of the beauty of, of you know, the, the simplicity of the game is that pretty much the sky's the limit as far as you know what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. that's why it's so fun to work on because we really do have to limit ourselves I mean if you could look inside of our massive discord where we're all just like going nuts coming up with stuff like uh, it's like we have to really you know stick to the plan yeah there's a lot of uh, yeah scope, scope
2: creep happening yeah. that's for sure yeah like I, I honestly thought that we'd probably start on the matchmaking next year but seems like it's it's right right now like we're doing it right now and i think it's a good time um but it's definitely yeah there's just a lot moving right now it's uh quite amazing to be honest that we're all doing this kind of on our spare time right now
3: like multiplayer that.
2: is hard um it is
1: man yeah my my brother and i our background is we we've released, like, six or seven uh, mobile titles for iOS over the last, like, you know, eight years or something. Um, And so all of our stuff was just, like, very, you know, small screen size, like, really limited in scope and, like, very specific you know, gameplay and mechanics and everything, and um, but we didn't, like, strike it rich there, so. (laughs) moving, Moving on. It's too limiting. Anyways, at the end of the day, like, mobile games are great, but I mean, you know, send me all the hate mail you want, like, I don't think playing COD on mobile is, like, where the most exciting gameplay is going to (laughs) happen. Well, and that's the thing is... There's some good games on mobile, but...
2: And that's the thing is, um, we're making a game that we want to play, so... Yeah, that's that's why, like, we're PC players, and that's the primary thing that we want to focus on, but... We do. We do also want to get so, like you guys know, like we're working on a controller support, um, and so consoles is something we would love to do. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: You know, like if the but, game becomes actually successful, that's definitely something that will we will want to do because
1: okay, I think it would be
2: crazy not to. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: only that, like you know, the game. I- We talk a lot about it being competitive and, you know, having a lot of support for for eSports stuff. And as you guys have seen, like, the spectator controls and all the things you can do and how you can watch, it's it's really, like, on par with a lot of the other games out there as far as, like, how easy it is to, like, navigate spectator camera controls around and stuff. Um, But despite our, you know, design direction towards competitive, there's a lot of, like, times where we've just, like, sat back and kind of played it casually, too, where we're not, like, going try-hard on each other for... Two hours straight, um, that to have it be like a twin stick shooter kind of like chill mode um, would be really fun. Like I would love to have it on a Switch. Carry that game around with me, twin stick shooter, and like everybody's, you know, because at that time of playing field's level, right? You know, so it's still competitive in that nature, but I think it's just, it can also be like kind of like a fun, not so casual, but somewhere in the middle where, you know, it's still fun to watch balls explode into guts. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> also just casually roll around. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: It doesn't have to be a competitive game, um, and and you know, that's kind of going back to the using bots and stuff. Like we can, if we have AI, like we can create, um, you know, like we talked about, sort of like a wave mode or like a zombie oh, yeah, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, I you don't that. need to have precise controls to play that and have fun. You can yeah. just lean back on your couch and blow stuff up.
1: Yeah. I would love to see that incorporated into, like, if we ever get to, to do, like, seasons and stuff to, to roll out every once in a while, like, quarterly or, you know, every so often have, like, a new wave mode comes out, that'd be super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it would be. Or even yeah, just the... having a tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I found that, like, all the indie games that, you know, are, are multiplayer first, uh, if, if they really want to take off, you know, they always have some sort of uh, single-player component. You know, Towerfall had a really strong single-player campaign that you could also play with your friends. Duck Game had all these weird challenges that, like, have nothing to do with the base game, but, like, they make you way better at the game, oddly enough.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like a single-player training mm mode-esque. Yeah, I I think that's definitely something that we're curious about. Working on especially, you know, as we get closer to kind of getting on the level of where we want to be with the multiplayer stuff, a lot of the focus is going to move to some of that stuff, but might still be. I don't know, (laughs) yeah, who knows? Once we get to a certain point, if we get those bots working really well, it might just be Mm -hmm. like it could just come pretty naturally to see how everything rolls out.
2: We are. Starting to get to the point where like we only have really a couple more weapons and abilities that we want to do, um, at least for like base for game. Yeah. yeah, for now. So, so what, it, it is interesting, and the, and the code is a lot. There's a there's still some refactoring going on. Like we're still working on making sure that things are solid and and playing well. But it's becoming a lot more matured, and so yeah, like definitely we'll start exploring that kind of stuff soon for sure
1: yeah it's interesting too you know when we first started working on the game it was really easy to like throw a bunch of weapons in there and kind of balance everything because there was a a very limited scope of weapons and abilities that we were working with and then now every time we add one in you have to think about okay there's there's already you know like ten weapons in there or eight weapons in there and now you're adding a new ability. So that has to balance with if I were to combine it with these eight weapons or with these there's two hundred different combinations you have to think about like, okay, is it going to be OP if I use it with combination 105? Uh, I don't know, maybe. And so you have the <laughs> you know the next weapon you add in there is going to add like another, you know, sixty or so combinations that you have to think about like, okay, does that make somebody move too quickly? Or does that give somebody the ability to see too much? Or can they you know, deal too much damage at a specific time. So now every weapon or ability we add in, we have to be much more careful about kind of the, how we do it. But I think we've left some windows open, um, especially for like some different like shield abilities. And so I think, I, I think kind of the next wave of stuff is going to be abilities and, and secondaries and tools that we add that are more geared towards like the team play element. Cause mostly mm-hmm. everything we have now is like, you know, fighting for yourself, um, Type of stuff. We added the the juice pack, which is a healing ability um, or healing secondary, rather, into the game. I don't know, maybe like six months ago already, and that kind of does change the dynamic in certain game modes because it really makes it so that you can heal your teammates and survive. Like especially for a control point game, um, if you have more health, you just win. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how how those things have kind of worked their way into the game and kind of changed the meta. Teleport, we didn't know what to expect when we added that in, and it's just been super fun. Yeah, it's been... uh, It's so fun to see some of these plays happen where somebody just pops up, and you're like, where the hell did you come from? (laughs) It's kind of like when we added Dash um, way back.
2: We added Dash, and I think it was Bob that started doing this, where he would get the shotgun, and he would just dash, and then point blank blow you up and we're like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> and so we, we all started doing it um, but then like recently we uh, acc- someone accidentally uh, pushed in a change that like affected the uh, the cooldown on the dash so that we have like a a period where you can't shoot that was increased by like I don't know like 10 milliseconds and it just made that ability to like point blank shotgun somebody like way harder like basically
1: impossible because impossible. you would basically just dash into somebody where you would normally shoot them and then you'd be a stink duck for like those 10 milliseconds and that person would then just be like
3: bye yeah.
1: <laughs> just you just be like you're basically just delivering meat to that player yeah that Point.
2: it's uh, interesting though how, like that just a slight change in a value you can just throw off something entirely that's crazy yeah
0: i <laughs> with this ability to edit um values that you're going to be giving to players will it be real time like would they be able to like slide a slider and see the effects as as they adjust those or will it be you know save the file open it or have you even thought that far
2: um no, we haven't really thought that far, but I think that's a great idea. Because like, we, we were talking about uh, level editor, and uh, I don't want to make promises here, but we mm-hmm. were talking about how like it would be cool if it was multiplayer, so that you build levels together. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be really cool that you can also tweak uh, values and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, If you have admins to the server, you should be able to just tweak them live, and
1: Yeah, pretty much just, like, pop open a console and just drag the machine gun, you know, fire rate or damage output or whatever, or the spread or fall off, you know. Most of the weapons have, like, damage, fire rate, spread, uh, damage, fall off, um, an actual, like, projectile speed if it's projectile. So there's, you know, four or six so variables that we should expose, and I don't think it would be too hard to do where, you know, you could just pop open a console and let people drag stuff around and be like,
3: yeah, that feels cool.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'd be
2: too hard to do, really.
1: I think for us, basically if we make a tool that we find useful for ourselves in developing the game, like there's no reason that if the tool is adequately enough developed that we can't polish it up a little bit and put it right into the game for, you know, for other people who want to make a custom server or something to use. So it just I think that kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as, as first implementation, though, yeah, it'll, it'll probably just be like a config file or, com, or yeah. console commands or something. But yeah, no,
1: I think I think that's a great idea. I don't think, I wonder if Peter's thought of that. I don't know. I know we have so many conversations going all the time. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to keep track of stuff because we're all so excited about it, which is good. But at the same time, it's hard to nail stuff down. But I think at one point we did talk about like, what if we could just edit all the stuff like in the game? That'd be nice. And I think that's where we left it. We're just like, yeah, and then we just kinda of forgot about it because it was like gotta do more work. Yeah, it's like someone's <laughs> gotta actually implement this now. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Although we work we're like halfway there, so like the well, probably not halfway, but pretty much everything that we run in the code through like a hook first, so it like it checks to see if there is like a, a you know, like a fire rate modifier or a damage modifier. Oh that's right. These yeah. These functions yeah. are empty right now. Um, but that's kind of where we'd, we would start hooking that stuff in there. So it's like, you know, all the, all the weapon code is already designed to keep that in mind.
0: As far as projected timeline, where do you think certain events for Brutal Grounds are going to be? Because you're in Alpha right now. Do you have any plans yeah. for when you hope to be in beta, full release, etc.?
1: Yeah, I think, I think beta is going to come you know, once we have matchmakers set up and running, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but in combination with like getting proper, um, a proper graphics pass. So before we like, you know, get it onto the platform that we'll eventually be releasing on, um, you know, if we're going to do any kind of like early release or anything like that, um, well, early release is a whole nother monster, but yeah, beta or open beta. I think it needs the, a proper, um, graphics pass based on the concept art that we've been working with. And, um, Probably some like, you know, uh, like a particle pass or some, some other stuff. But for the most part, like everything else is kind of in place. It's just a lot of like polish that we're working on. We spent yeah. a lot of time getting the core mechanics of the game really, really solid, so that as we went forward, we didn't have to like look back and fix a bunch of stuff. Um, so it wasn't like like we wanted to build. We wanted to make the game fun, even if you're just playing on like a blank, you know, box or something. Like, the game is still engaging and fun. Um, mm-hmm. and so as we go forward, we're building, you know, bigger and better things, but on a really solid platform. But for, yeah, beta access, I don't know. All those lines are kind of blurry. We didn't, for a long time, we didn't even want people to like stream the game because we were so self-conscious that like, oh, somebody's going to see it and they're going to be like, wow, that game doesn't look good enough or whatever. And then once we got it to Indicate and people were like playing it, they were asking like, oh, a couple people were asking like, where can we buy it? And I'm like, what?
3: <laughs> this isn't out yet.
1: Are you crazy? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we've been. I think the more people that play it, and you know, the better kind of response we get from the public as we let more and more people in to to see it and play it. Now it's kind of like we have our Discord right on our Twitter page. So if you want to play it, like just click that link. You can fill out a key request, and we'll give you a key. Um, if you want to stream the game, that's totally open now, so people can stream it. Um, so I think it's just we're just gradually getting our feet wetter and wetter, and trying to see where. The community kind of feels it's ready, kind of at the same time that we feel it's ready, but mm-hmm. uh, probably yeah, like we... a a hard uh, sorry like a hard timeline. I don't know. It's it's gonna come down to where we how much we really put into it because there's a lot of stuff we want to go in there.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, yeah, because we're, we're doing this all in our spare time, so it, you know, there could be we could go like a week without ever touching code or the game and because, you know, something going on at work or something like that, so it really makes it difficult. And also, the the like the like whole matchmaking thing, like, none of us have ever, ever done anything like that, um, so that's kind of like a... Uh, we don't know. We just don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know if we need matchmaking for, like, a beta, but I think it would be a real nice sure. Yeah,
1: you're probably right. I don't think we need that either i think we just need our the server stuff be um just a little more polished so that people can mm-hmm. find it easier like the server browser is you know makes more sense or whatever it is
3: but yeah
2: like... I, I definitely think though that that the uh the whole art pass like we got there's a lot of work to be done there um
3: yeah i
1: think that's probably the biggest hurdle right now so if you're an artist and you think the game is cool join us
2: <laughs> yeah For sure. What
0: would be the best way for an artist to reach out to you? Discord?
1: Yeah, just tweet at us, jump on our Discord. Um, All of those things are monitored by, by me and everybody, so we're there all the time.
0: Fantastic. What's been the most surprising thing with having people in your Discord playing the game? You know, just having a community around it?
1: Oh, man. I think other than like the really obscure bugs that teach us we don't know shit every once in a while. Um, those are surprising (laughs) there's been so much crazy stuff that people have been like yeah uh, have you ever played this on an ultra wide monitor Uh, no why it's like here's a screenshot and it's just like so bonkers or we had a bug where if you played it on like a certain resolution it was just like disco lights flashing for the whole game like how is that even a thing Um, (laughs) we've definitely been taught a lot about accessibility controls and options and a lot of stuff that we're going to Start looking at it, implementing. Um, but just having people like ask us, "Hey, look, um, you know, can we use this as like a uh, can we do a tournament with your game?" We're like, "Whoa, hell yeah! Uh, what do you need to support that?" Because we're a hundred percent, you know, behind you. Um, and just having people give us really good suggestions and but I think just watching people play and spectating and, and kind of watching stuff unfold and watching people learn um that's definitely maybe that's not the most surprising thing but it's just i think surprising to me personally how rewarding it is to see that happen um kind of in real time um but brian if you want to add anything for sure
2: yeah no i guess yeah for me it would be uh you already mentioned the whole tournament thing like there's a it's like it's a high school league that wants to do this um which is crazy that there's even high school like yeah, esports surprising. teams.
3: <laughs> Where were they? Oh,
0: a high school <laughs> esports team?
2: And yeah, yeah, a high school esports team. It's <laughs> wild.
1: That's I know. Awful. I'm
2: like, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, man. Dude,
1: right? Um, that would change my life as a high schooler.
2: Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then I guess the accessibility thing. I mean, that's something that I've always had back in my head, but. You know, someone was saying they were having trouble like seeing uh, reds. I think, um, which you know, we have an entire team that is a red team, so we need to fix that um, to make that easier for people yeah. who are colorblind and stuff like that. Because it's it's one of those things that's like you you, you think about and you're like ah, I'll just do that after, and then you just keep saying that over and over, and. But now we actually have people playing it, so I think this is the time to actually fix those issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think for anybody working on a game, you know, I would say a big important thing is, is think about accessibility options from the onset, because that's going to affect how you build assets, how you build, you know, your 3D models, how you look at sound design, how you look at, you know, your UI and your HUD, how you deal with, especially for, for team games, how you deal with, you know, weapon pickups and, and how you identify the the opposing team, and all of that stuff that, that, you know, we've been thinking about it somewhat because it's a, a multiplayer game. There's a lot of, like, color and, and cues you have to pay attention to, but um, I think it's a big, it's a huge deal for for competitive-level multiplayer games where you have to ensure that, that, that nobody has a disadvantage. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: And another thing that we've, we've been trying to keep in mind, although we haven't really across this as, as an issue yet but uh, it's like multilingual stuff so that's something that we're uh, keeping in mind as we go at the localization and all that um,
1: yeah that'll be interesting
2: yeah I guess we're gonna have to see like what lines yeah do <laughs> that it's, it's, uh, yeah it's a whole thing but uh, yeah. yeah
0: there is this master spreadsheet out there. I'm, I don't remember where it is, but if, if you search for it, you can find it. And it has, like, 200 common words or phrases in games translated to 50 different languages for you oh, just nice. Oh, nice. drop in your game. Um, it's it,
1: like, like an open source type of thing, so it's oh, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I think they might have closed editing at, some, at a certain point once it reached a certain uh, capacity, but yeah, you that's can contribute bad. to it. really, it's really nice
2: yeah that's actually we should look at that Mm -hmm. because it would be cool to uh get like people in europe and stuff playing um or just anywhere in the world but Mm -hmm. um we do have uh, like mike is going to be going to uk and so that's why i mentioned europe like if he's going to be in uk and we're all in north america we need a a european uh, community so Mm -hmm. but it's a lot more diverse right. there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like visiting or moving?
2: Moving. Uh yeah, yeah moving
0: for work. Yeah. Ah. So then you'll it's be cool. in three different countries.
1: Yeah, we'll be all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't stop us. We're taking over. We're everywhere.
0: Every ground is going to be real. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. <laughs> Coming for
3: you.
0: Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we wrap this up? I
1: yeah. don't know. I would just say, "Hey man, come come look at our Twitter. If the game looks cool, come play the game. Um, we want as many diverse uh, players in there as possible to give us you know, the widest um, kind of net of, of uh, feedback. We're not shy to criticism, so we have uh, our Discord, and, and it's open for you to complain to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this weapon is way too OP. What the heck?
1: Good, good bro. <laughs> it's balanced. No. <laughs> That's been our response so far, yeah.
2: So our Twitter handle is Brutal Grounds. Yeah. So just one word,
1: hit us up. Pretty much everything is just at Brutal Grounds. Yeah, we got lucky with that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's great Go that and, that wasn't uh, taken.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. The first time we uh, we actually Googled ourselves. You know, obviously we Googled the name, um, nothing came up, and we're like, whoa, nothing's there. And then when you Google us, now it's like us, and then a bunch of pictures of doom. And I'm yeah, like, how cool. did we land in this awesome sea of Google results where it's like us and then Doom?
2: I think it's because there's a mod for Doom I called know, Brutal I Doom. I know, but it's And so, so cool. it makes it amazing.
1: <laughs> you look in there like a screenshot. It was funny, it was like one screenshot of us and then everything else is Doom and now, it's like, now we've taken over Doom. I mean, it could
2: be a bad thing because I feel like we're going to get overshadowed by Doom but
1: nah. We're good. <laughs> we got almost the first, uh, the first line, <laughs> the first line, the first page.
2: I guess we've already mentioned this, but yeah, we need an artist. So if you are an artist, um, preferably somebody who's in North America, just because of time, um, but it's not really a requirement. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we're we're, we're looking for like an environmental artist, uh, somebody that we can get like actually in the level editor our in the engine um, and uh, start replacing the the, uh, the art that we currently have and making uh, stuff look awesome.
1: And we just got on. We just got uh, set up as a category that you can select and stream on on Twitch too. So that was a little bit of a mission, but we did it. Everything's there. <laughs> you can stream us and uh, select us.
0: Thank you both for coming on.
1: Uh, this is a blast. Hey, man, it was it was our pleasure for sure. We really appreciate the time you guys have given us, and we hope to see you on the battlefield.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah,
1: bring your yes. friend. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening in to episode eighty nine of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is recorded using Open Broadcaster Software and edited with Audacity. You can find more of our shows on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Next week, we chat with Petey and Daz from the Spriter's Resource, a website dedicated to the collection, archival, and appreciation of materials from video games. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you then.